And welcome back once again to another edition of the Calgary Stampeder Podcast. This won't be the final Calgary Stampeder Podcast of the year, despite the fact that, well, we've run out of Calgary Stampeders uh, for the season, but we're going to keep this going uh, through the Grey Cup. Just talk about uh, how things go the big Grey Cup week in Calgary. I am, of course, Dave Rowe. He's Jock Wilson, and we are joined by our special guest, our good friend, Danny Austin from Post Media. Hey, Danny. Hey, man. I will say I have not run out of emails from irate fans telling me that this team needs to trade Bo Levi Mitchell and yeah. fire Dave Dickinson. <laughs> so, I mean, okay, we Okay, well, there's two things that won't be <laughs> happening. Yeah. Uh, let's, uh, <laughs> hey, but but let's be honest. It, Bo has to own it. Bo is yep. very, very bad. And if you would have told me that the Stampeders would shut down Andrew Harris, shut down Janarian Grant, hold Zach Caleros to just 11 completions, I would have said the Stampeders win this game. But unfortunately... Unfortunately, Bo did suck. And, mm-hmm. and hey, I'm not saying trade him. I'm not saying trade. I'm glad Bo owned it, and I'm glad his teammates defended Absolutely. him. But Bo, he froze up, and and his hands got numb. Dave Dickinson said that. Bottom line is, it was it was Bo's and my worst thing game. Is he did own it. Like that's the yes, problem with people like Bo. He's got yep. own it. Well, no, he did own it. He did and own like, it. Yeah. He was bad. And my thing is, ultimately, like he picked a bad time to have the worst game of his career. Mm-hmm. I am not defending him doing that. I, I just think it needs to be put in perspective. I will tell you that I, I talked to Nick Arbuckle, and he said that when he was coming in on those second shorts, he had to look down to make sure the ball was in his hands. So anyone telling me the Stamps should have taken out Bo Levi Mitchell yeah. and put in Nick Arbuckle? No. Nick Arbuckle couldn't do it either. I have no idea why the Bombers dealt with that better. Let us be very clear. I believe it was a 71-yard touchdown. Mm-hmm. Other than that, Claris didn't do any better than Bo Levi Mitchell. Um, and look, I'm not defending the game that he played. I'm just saying, relax. It's Bo Levi Mitchell. He took you to four of the last five great cups. Stop being so entitled. Yeah. Now, before we get into some of uh, some more of the micro about what happened this year, I want to look at the macro. Hey, how's that for uh, 57 words? But, but, you know, I, I was just thinking about this uh, this morning. You know, the Montreal Alouettes win 10 games, go out in the first round of the playoffs, and everyone's talking about what a huge success the season was. And what you know, a great future they have. And, and what a great future. And, you know, conversely, the Stampeders win 12 games, you know, go out in the first round of the playoffs, and and it's a disaster. I guess the first question is, uh, well, you know, Jock, I'll start with you. Success or not this season? Well, I, I tell you what, I, I had Dave Dickinson on Sports Talk with Jock earlier this week, and, and when you lose your last game and you're not a champion, you know, it's tough to define anything as a success, especially in a nine-team CFL. So I do understand that. But even Dave Dickinson said uh, this was his toughest year coaching assignment with this team, all of the injuries. We all we all know the, the story. I thought this team was going to be a 10-win team during the regular season. I figured they were going to be a third-place team. They overachieved in my books. And, you know, ultimately, did they get derailed, you know, at the end? Yeah, they did. Did I? I think they were going to beat the Bombers. Yeah, I, I, I thought they had a very good chance to beat the Bombers. But I, I, I will say this about the Calgary Stampeders. This was one of the most exciting years that I had covering this team because yeah. they were in every game. It was exciting. They could have lost all these uh, these games as well. They found ways to win. And is the future bright for the Calgary Stampeders? Hey, there's going to be changes. There's always changes. But when you look at this team, this is a very, very young team. I do believe they still have the best quarterback in the Canadian Football League. I wouldn't trade Bo Levi Mitchell straight across for anybody in this league. Nope. So from from that perspective, you know, there's your building block. Yes, he's high paid. I, I love what Dave Dickinson said, you know, earlier. They've got a little bit of salary cap space. So what they can do is they can now get these players under contract. They can put the bonuses on the 2019 cap, and that will help them, I think, moving forward. I, I do think it's going to be an interesting offseason. So, Danny, success or not? Before I, before I go into this, I do want to make sure we're going to ref- talk a little bit about Dickinson's NFL window 
comments yes. later, I assume. Yes. Yes. Um, because that, that that's a huge caveat here. Is I, I honestly believe that this was a rebuilding season. I know that that doesn't fully exist. Mm-hmm. I am a Toronto Raptors fan. I'm completely fine with the fact that they lost Kawhi Leonard and mm-hmm. now have to. You know, they're probably not a championship team this year. They got to sort of but build But they got things. that championship. Well, exactly. Mm-hmm. You got to push the, the young guys forward. And that's sort of how I felt about this season. Um, look, Cordero Law was out. That's a starting defensive end, the leader. They lost Alex Singleton, Jameer Thurman. We know the names. I don't have to go into it. Seante yeah. Evans. Mm-hmm. Um, their defensive line... Look, I, I did the calculation. There were four defensive starters in the West semifinal who played, who started last year's Grey Cup. Yeah. There were, of the receivers, Reggie Bagleton did not play. Kamar Jordan did not play in the mm-hmm. Grey Cup last year. Um, I, I believe, I'm trying to, I really wish I had my tweet up, but I don't think there were any receivers who started last year's Grey Cup mm-hmm. who played. That's how down that receiving core was. Ideally, they would have had Markeith Ambrose starting, although Josh Huff played pretty well um, on Sunday. Uh, and possibly could have taken over that job. But ideally, they would have had Juwan Breskis in. They would have had Eric Rogers. They would have had Marky Thambles. That's three receiving starters. The offensive line was pretty good. But otherwise, I mean, it was Don Jackson, the three offensive linemen, and Bo. Those were the only starters. So let's not pretend that there, this was not a season of huge change. Yeah. And they have these young guys. Now the question is, and we heard it, I don't know that Trey Roberson wants to be back. He has another year on his contract. You texted me and we made sure earlier. Yeah. And then we talked to him, but he's got this NFL window, so it yeah. doesn't matter. Um, so rebuilding, I mean, is there any value in rebuilding at this point? If guys can just leave, if they have a good season, if Nate Hawley can just go, you invest yeah. that development time, or do you now have to start looking at free agency with veterans a little more seriously? Yeah, I mean, that, that's the frustration for me is because uh, you know, this kind of caught me off guard because, you know, I remember a few years ago the option year, uh, you know, in, in, in contracts and, be, and having that NFL window open, and then that went away. And now, you know, hearing Dave Dickinson you know, this is back. You know, when did this? When did this come back? How this, did this come back? This was last year, I believe. It was August twentieth. Was yeah. the day August twentieth, twenty eighteen? And I apologize if I'm getting the day wrong, but it was last summer. Anyone signed after that um, gets a window, which sounds like it's the end of January. Okay. Um, the CFL should do a better job communicating this. It should do better, do a better job communicating all of its weird little rules. But they probably don't want to has because they know it's embarrassing. It was, yeah. it was hidden away somewhere in the CBA. Yeah. But, but, yeah. but I'll say this, guys. Like, even if Trey Roberson does, you know, kick some tires and Nate Hawley kicks some tires and, uh, you, you know, you, you, can, you can look at it, but there's no guarantees they're going to go. Number one, you need a guy. You need a guy that really believes in you. Trey Roberson, unfortunately, he can't use that, uh, that West semifinal as a, as a resume oh, tape because he, he was yeah. awful. You know, he, he, he peaked twice and got beat twice badly. Worse to be on the field. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I, I'm not convinced Trey Roberson is going to, you know, look at what last year, you know, Alex Singleton got cut from the Eagles, finally got back on, still hasn't played defense. He's, he's played special so, teams. You know, Ja'Garrett so Davis in that same situation. Let me give you an example from one of, one of my one-on-ones. I talked to Corey Greenwood. Corey Greenwood said, look, I'm going to take until at least after Christmas. And he's like, I possibly have all of January because he says he doesn't know if the Stampeders, if he does decide to come back, he does not know if the Stampeders even want to go with a Canadian mm-hmm. and middle linebacker. And he said, I don't even think that they know because they might want to go with Nate Hawley. He had a great first season, but they're not going to know if he's available until after that window. So that's, I mean, it's not just planning long-term. It's, yeah, you know, okay. Corey Greenwood tells you January 1st, hey, you know what, I'm ready to go. And then you have to say, well, we're going to wait to hear what Nate Hawley hears from the NFL. That affects your relationship with the players. That affects what you are able to do in free agency. I think it's a really, it's a really big issue. And I, I hear the argument that, Look, these players don't have guaranteed contracts. Guarantee the contracts. Take out the window. Mm-hmm. No, that's not how it works. This is football. We're never going to have guaranteed contracts. That's not even a goal that I think this 
no. the players' union is working towards. And even, even from a marketing standpoint, it, it's frustrating when you don't know from one year to the next sort of what the what the core of your team is going to be. And and you know, with with some of the who's out of the way, you know, one thing I think that has to be taken care of because it was just so glaring in that uh, Winnipeg game when you had Chris Strebler, uh Nick Dembski, and Andrew Harris basically running down your throat for the entire second half, and there was absolutely no ground answer from the Calgary Stampeders. I mean, I'm not sure what the problem is because I look at that offensive line, and that offensive line is is pretty is pretty good to be. I don't fully buy that there was no ground answer. I thought Don Jackson was was pretty darn good. Don Jackson Sunday. had a Don Jackson had a pretty good you know a couple of pretty yeah. good runs, but again in the second half. You know, well, then, they weren't then trying where to, was that? They where was that? Where, they were you know, down in the second half, though. They weren't trying to throw no. it, or they weren't trying to run. You have all the time you need in the Canadian Football League, especially, you know, when, when you look at how close that game was in the third quarter. But, uh, you know, again, you know, we're left with Bo Levi-Mitchell underthrowing receivers on, on I think Don Jackson, personally, I believe, was a little bit mismanaged this year. Um, I, I honestly think that just dropping him out of the lineup for Kadeem Carey um, – Kadeem Carey has a long injury history mm-hmm. dating back to his NFL days. I don't think it was any surprise. I think that affected the relationship. Um, look, they had four starting running backs this year. Mm-hmm. I also think the O-line I'm going to give a lot of credit to. I did in the paper today. Um, they did a terrific job keeping Bo Levi Mitchell standing up. They did not do a very good job opening up holes. Um, but it's obviously an area. I just I, I think Don Jackson um, – should have been an asset who was treated a little bit yeah. more carefully this season. Well, hey, my bottom line is this is one area of improvement that they've got to go out and look. And whether you're, you know, looking at college football players, you know, I don't know who's on your necklace as far as running backs, but you know, you you better bring in, you know, probably a five or six different running backs. And it's one of the reasons why you know Schuldice is going to get this dome because they're not going to have these uh, these these uh, spring camps, you know, in the states. They're going to have bring these players right into Calgary, you know, in the spring, and, and we're going to see what happens. Hey, Don Jackson, good luck in free agency. I. I I don't think you know his his resume is that good right now to go out and uh, you know really get a position. So I, I do think there are running backs. You know, it's, it'd be nice to have a John Corner. Should be nice to have a Joffrey Reynolds. It'd be nice to have a Kelvin Anderson. Uh, but but right now, I think you got to go find that place. And I, I'm not sure the Stampede. Don Jackson may not get a starting job. He will yes. get a yeah no fair, fair a, enough a job in the fair, CFL. Fair enough. And fair ultimately, enough. I fully understand feelings get hurt. And I, I think yep. Don was a little bit hurt with the way yep. he was dealt with this year. Yep, fair enough. Looking at the defensive side of things, uh, that is also going to be a neat area. I mean, you know, we've talked about uh, Trey Roberson, what may or may not happen with him. Mm-hmm. Corey Greenwood may or may not happen with that position. But uh, also the fact is Brandon Smith, we know, is is gone. Brandon Smith has uh, announced his retirement. And Cordero Law, as outstanding as he was this year, isn't uh, isn't getting any younger. Now, you look at the at the guys that were hurt this year, you know, there's going to be some help coming back from the injured list when these guys have the off season to recover. You know, there's some personnel there, but you know, the defensive defensively, what does this team need to look at? Um, I mean, I, Dave said he expects one or two other players other than Brandon Smith to retire, sort yeah. of through process of elimination. I talked to uh, Shane Bergman. It's not him. It's not Derek Dennis. Cordero Law would seem like the mm-hmm. most likely candidate. I actually think Chris Casher had a pretty good first season. I think yes. he came on in the second half. Um, as you said, like let's just see what we get from from those Essimer Abares, those 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 guys. Flo who, yeah, assuming that they have flow for a second season I, mm-hmm. I, or for another season, I don't actually know. Um, this is one of those areas, like linebacker. If you have Nate Hawley and Winston McManus back, no matter what, you're sort of set there. It's two Americans. Um, you can find backups and develop them. I, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, I 
bank it. It's Raheem Wilson replacing um, re- replacing Brandon Smith at that yeah. halfback position. Mm-hmm. There's no question. And, that, and that's a good and that's a good replacement. He's yeah. he's a good player. So and you can find a field corner. Yeah, I mean, like, and you, so, you've got Lorenzo, yeah. Jerome, you know, Rob Daniel. If he gets healthy again, yeah, I'm not that worried about the defense. I, mm-hmm. I ultimately like look. You would love to go get an Alex well, Singleton um, or something like that, but. They may Singleton's probably looking now like he's got a couple years in the NFL, and then you're going to get him back. So, I don't think you're investing long term in a linebacker necessarily. I well, think you like what you have. You brought up Corey Greenwood, and 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 I'm curious because of his history with his injuries, you know, and not getting any younger, and not getting any younger. Is that a player you want to build, you know, your linebacking core around? Now I know he's a ratio changer, but you know. Uh, odds are he's going to get injured again next year. I mean, you know, Corey, Corey referred to himself as a rental player. Yeah. This, uh, you know, this year. Exactly. So I, I don't know if you want to build your defense around uh, Corey Green. That middle linebacker position is very important. No, but I, I do think, I think, did you guys not think Winston Man- McManus showed enough? Oh, I, I, I think yeah. I, that's, I, what I, that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm saying yeah. I'm not even sure I'd want Corey Greenwood back. I would go with mm-hmm. the Winton because well. you're going to get Junior Turner back, and he's important. He's very, very important from a ratio. Are you getting Junior Turner back? Junior Turner is another guy who's not getting any younger, and the, he's another injury prone and, and, and guy and too. The list, yep. And the list of injuries yep. is just getting longer. I and hope longer. Junior Turner's back. It's yep. just yep. that's a very serious injury for yep. a guy in his thirties. Yeah, f- fair enough. Fair enough. You know, hey, Derek Wiegand was an injury prone player, and he finally played an eighteen game full season. So, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, you hope you hope that uh, that that's going to happen. And I mean, who knows about these? Like the, the number of defensive linemen. It's weird. Like yep. we focus on the injuries that happen late in the season. Ivan McLennan, though, I yeah. mean, essay. You talked about Junior Turner. They they actually have a lot of depth there. Yeah, they do. And it's possible mm-hmm. that a Junior Turner, you don't need him to play 18 games. Mm-hmm. You're sort of coming in and saying, we're going to manage you a little bit. When we need you, um, you're going to play. And then mm-hmm. be ready for the last six, seven games of the season going into the next year. Um, but I, I also think that's probably an area. I believe that the offensive line, you probably don't need to use a first or second round pick on a, uh, on an offensive lineman this year. So I wouldn't be surprised if they go after a D line. No, you say Ryan Ryan Sevier. I mean, he developed into a full time starter. I think you know Justin Justin Lawrence in a limited sample size could be that number six guy. Could be that number six guy, but you should have Erdos back. Yep, um, it, I, you should. That is yeah. big. I have no yeah. idea. Now, David David Bond is going to be a, a year older. He had yeah. Uh, yeah. you know a little bit of a so taste can, this year. If you can keep, you can. And I imagine that you're moving him out to. Mm-hmm. To that left tackle, although Kazatadi had a good second half, yeah, you know, so I just I think they have options. So I don't think you need to use what should be what a five or six overall pick. It's not going to be the last pick of the first round this year. You can mm-hmm. use that on a defensive well, line. Well, I, I, I do believe if you're going to move away from Corey Greenwood and use Winton McManus, which I think we all sort of agree on at this point, you know, you're you're going to have to change your ratio somewhere. So you want to go with three nationals on the on the offensive line. You have to go with three yeah. nationals yeah. on the offensive line. Here's uh, uh, here's something I want to float uh, to you guys. Is it's time to look at bringing in a kicker or two, at least for a look? For yeah. a little bit of uh, competition, why not? I, I'd bring in competition. Doesn't mean that Renee is going to be gone. Doesn't mean that Rod mm-hmm. Maver is going to be gone. Um, but, hey, they're both getting older as well. I, I love fat competition, and I, I would be stunned if they don't bring in, you know, a couple of kickers just for competition. Yeah, it's tough. They're both sort of what? In that three to four best yeah. in the league at their position? Yeah, I would agree mm-hmm. with that. Um, neither of them, I, I don't think you can make an argument that, you know, okay. they're on the Medlock level or... I, Medlock was a stud in that semifinal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I mean, to be honest, I'm saying based on what my eyes saw this year, and it's like every time the Stamps played the Bombers, Medlock yeah. just was terrific. Yeah. But Although although Rob Maver punted very well in the semifinal. Yeah, that's thing. yeah. I don't think yeah. either of them are an issue. So yeah. that's my thing is I don't know that it's the area to... Like, Paradise, Renee had a couple bad bad games near the end yep. of the season, but also bounced back and was fine. Right. Yeah, and, you know, when there was still, even though, like, his percentage overall wasn't what we're used to seeing uh, seeing it, 
when it was money kick time, he was yeah. generally he was he generally. Is, he's a great guy. He's the yeah. most annoying guy as a newspaper reporter because he doesn't want to talk to doesn't you. Doesn't want to talk to when he's hitting all them because he doesn't want to drink it. And then the second that he misses them, you go to talk to him. And it's like, well, we only talk when you're missing them. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know how to. And it's like that's not an indictment on him. He just he literally does not want to jinx his his good. It's streaks. so true. Yeah. Right? So um, true. But yeah, I mean, it's like it, it's funny looking at where they need Canadians because I think if in Juan Braskison and Herdy Mayala, yeah, they may have the you're best. Set. They may you're have the best there. Canadian tandem of receivers mm-hmm. in the league next yeah. year. Um, so. It's funny. It's like I, I was just thinking about it last night as I kind of went to bed, and I was like, "God, having a guy like John Cornish is just like yeah. what a what a, what a game changer! What a game yeah. changer that yeah. was." Well, um, you know, and, and you're right because you really look at break down the injuries this year. You know, losing Erdos early that was a killer. You know, losing Breskison, you know, midway through the season that was a killer. You know, losing uh, you know Corey Greenwood late in the season that was a killer because they're all you know main starters. You know, Junior yeah. Turner early too was it was a start. So you know, it's one thing to lose an international player; it's another thing to lose a starting and, Canadian. And I mean, I That's, went back and and tried to figure it out but as you guys know it's a little hard to find cfl stats and it's even harder to find specifically whether they're canadian or not so you guys have been around this team for a lot longer than i did not just heard Jamayala, but colton hunchak had more receiving yards than anthony parker than breskison mm-hmm. than than any of or than lamar durant i i don't think you you'd have to go back 30 40 years to find a canadian rookie and maybe not ever who had the sort of numbers that Mayala and even Hunchak had. A guy who had, didn't even start yeah. the year as a member of the team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, it's really too. incredible. And I don't know yeah. that Colton Hunchak necessarily develops into a 1,000-yard receiver, but it's another one of those depth pieces yeah. that does matter. Well, and, I mean, yeah. I, I honestly think the only reason we don't have an answer to whether anyone, any Canadian ever, has more rec- has more receiving yards than Mayala for the Stampeders is because I don't think they know. Well, it's going to be interesting. I'd love to be a fly on the wall, you know, Thursday when John Huffnagel gets together with uh, Dave Dave Dickinson and they start planning, you know, who they want to bring back, where they want to go, uh, you know, from that perspective. Because, you know, they knew last year they were going to lose their starting safety. They knew last year they were going to lose Lamar Durant. But they had a plan. That's why they went out and they got, you know, Herjie Mayala in that first-round draft pick. Because mm-hmm. they, they, they had that vision and they always have a game plan in place. And so that's going to be very interesting. Well, and it's, I mean, it's its so interesting when you're around the team. I mean, mm-hmm. all anyone talked about for the first half of the season was how good Leon Johnson was going to be, the offensive lineman. Yeah. Never made it off the practice roster. Mm-hmm. To me, that said, well, they're not sure if Derek Dennis is back next year. Right. We know that Derek Dennis wants to be back next year. I don't think we actually have an answer to yeah. whether to, to whether he's back. I think they'd be crazy not to, and yeah. they love the guy. And, you know, I mean, part, part of that is, unfortunately, is going to be financial. You know, there's only, again, so many uh, so many dollars to, uh, to, to throw around. I, I say I'm a big Derek Dennis fan. You know, the man is one of the outstanding linemen in the, in the CFL. But, again, that's why the Calgary Stampeders are where they are, because they plan for these contingencies. Just uh, before we wrap it up, I want to ask you about, uh, you know, the coaching staff. I mean, this time last year, you know, we knew Devon Claybrooks was going to be moving on. I don't know that there's that, uh, you know, that there's that opportunity for these guys this year. I mean, again, as many positives as, as there were out there, I don't think, uh, you know, there, there's a guy on the staff that you project as the next head coach in the league at this point. Uh, and, you know, these guys, Again, did a did a great job in their positions. Brett Monson, first year as the defensive coach. Mark Killam had a tough year on special teams, but I still think that was more personnel than scheme. I honestly, there was a report earlier in the year. I have no backup. I expect Ryan Dinwiddie to be offensive coordinator in Ottawa, and I expect Nick Arbuckle to be his quarterback. I have no idea if that's true. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like that's not reporting. That's mm-hmm. speculation. 
that were, that report was out there, and that makes, makes a lot of sense yeah. to me to bring yeah. Arbuckle in with his quarterback coach, who knows what he's doing, and and I mean Dinwiddie has has clearly done his time. He's been rumored for this type of job for mm-hmm. a long, long time. He's even mm-hmm. rumored for OC or for head coaching jobs. So I think I wouldn't be surprised to see Dinwiddie if there's an, if the opportunity is there. Although he needs to know who his head coach is in Ottawa. Yep. That's that's very important that that's not there. Um, the Argos might make a run at that tandem, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if that tandem ended up in the same place together. Again, not based on reporting. Um, and look, I don't know. I mean, I mm-hmm. are you guys confident that the Stamps don't want to make any changes? I mean, you've talked about the running game. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't think that coaching was the problem there. I think it was a lot of different things, but that would be the only area where I think that there. No, would be you know, and, and and everybody, you know, at least it calls into our show. They 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 always say, "Oh, Dave's got to give up the offensive play calling. It's, it's too much on his plate." Too. Much. I, I I still believe Dave is a very very good offensive play caller, and he may be one of the best in the league. And and we've already talked about you know the challenges for the team this year. So I don't see Dave giving up the offensive play calling no. anytime soon. Now right. he did he did make Mark Killam his assistant head coach to give a bit of that responsibility. You know to to share some of that responsibility last year. So. I, so, I, I don't see that happening. My only thing, I, I have not responded to any emails since Sunday from fans. I will be doing that this afternoon. It is part of my plan. Why are they so bad at short little passes? <laughs> I, I don't know how else to how say many, that. How many screens do they actually, uh, you know, get yards? Please take that receiver, <laughs> that wide receiver <laughs> screen like, out of the playbook. Over, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Over five <laughs> yards. Yeah. They, I think Bo has, a, outside of Sunday, a very good completion level. But it's something I noticed in the back half of the season. They just can't. They, it just doesn't work. Yeah, little passes to the running back. Anything under and and, and four it's yards. almost like they were trying to compensate for a poor running game, trying to establish short those pass short game. passes, yeah. and it didn't work. And I want. I do want to be clear. I wasn't suggesting you fire the running backs coach at all. I'm yeah. just saying it's the yeah. only other area where there might be uncertainty. But yeah. I don't think it's a. No, I, I think it's. I think it's fair. And and obviously Dave is gonna you know sit down with Huff and they're gonna discuss all of those options. And mm-hmm. and there might be somebody that we don't know that uh, you know gets an opportunity. You know, so, uh, you know, I, I hope if they do get an opportunity, good on them. You know, like, I love Josh Bell. I think he's a great character. Would he be a, you know, would he be a good DC moving forward somewhere? Maybe. I think, but, I think, um, I think you give Josh Bell a couple more years. Yeah, yeah exactly. He needs some seasoning. Yeah. yeah. But uh, on that note, uh, that's uh, we're just about out of time here. And, okay. uh, man, there's going to be. Go. Before yeah. we go, uh, we got to get our, our, our Great Cup predictions. Who is going to be here in Calgary for Great Cup 107? That you're making me do this. Mm. <laughs> Hamilton. Uh, I think that's uh, a no-brainer. We all agree on Hamilton. We all agree on Hamilton. Okay, um, yep. I mean, look, the Bombers, what the Bombers showed me is that once they get going, if they can get going against the Riders and put some points up on the board and start throwing that tandem of quarterbacks, you have to prepare for two offenses. It's mm-hmm. tough. So I'm, I'm sort of leaning Bombers right now. I'm going. I, Hitching a ride with a guy I barely know and just going out there. To, <laughs> I figured it would be a fun time to drink there on Saturday night. Um, yeah. So I'm sort of leaning Bombers. Bombers, Bombers, Hamilton. I, I think I think we, we can all agree Hamilton is, uh, I'll be stunned if Hamilton is not here. If Edmonton, yeah. if Edmonton comes here, it'd be great for the city. It'd be great for Great Cup 107 because, you know, you'd have all those. Uh, and those it'd be good because in. they're in the visitor's locker room well, and they can't that, repay that's exactly the, uh, right. but yeah, I, the Stampeders locker room. If it's riders in, in the home locker room and Edmonton in the way. Could you, could you imagine? <laughs> um, but but I agree with you. Ham, Winnipeg right now, I think, scares the crap out of Saskatchewan. I, I yep. really do. Like I, It's funny because I thought the way it matched up, Winnipeg scared me with Calgary because I was a little concerned about that game. 
But I, if if Stamps won, I was more convinced the Stamps are going to beat the Riders yeah. than they than than they, you know, and they would be in their own own Grey Cup. So I'm going to say at this point, I'll say the Bombers are going to be here for Grey Cup 107. Yeah, I'd uh, I'd feel a little bit better about my prediction if I was Cody Fajardo's chiropractor, but <laughs> I think uh, I'm also uh, I'm also going to lean Bombers in this one. Danny Austin from Post Media, thanks uh, a lot for all your help this year. Yes, Same it's been a pleasure. Uh, certainly uh, in the off season, we're going to have uh, plenty to talk about. And uh, Jock Wilson. Always a pleasure, Mr. Rowe. Yeah, and that's uh, all the time we have. Again, uh, we're going to be back. Uh, We're going to take you through the end of the Grey Cup uh, every Thursday on the Calgary Stampeders podcast in the offseason. Just check back occasionally around about free agency. We'll keep you posted if there's any big Stampeders news out there. In the meantime, as always, we'd love to hear some story ideas from you. You got uh, feedback. Uh, You want to tell a friend about the podcast. eh? The more the merrier out there. For Danny Austin and for Jock Wilson, I'm Dave Rowe, and this has been another Calgary Stampeder Podcast. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms. <laughs>